the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you so much for sharing your Sunday evening with us as we uh, explore some new topics. You know, in the second half hour tonight, we're going to be talking about climate change. And we'll be talking to author Leslie Landis, who has a book that uh, talks about uh, what we individually can do to help the environment. So uh, you'll want to hear about uh, what Leslie thinks about climate change and what we all might be able to do about it. In the first half hour, though, we're going to talk about uh, something that has somewhat been in the news recently, and that is the fact that in the state of Ohio, they're talking about uh, the movie production tax credit that they're going to be arguing about. I hope they argue about it because uh, one proposal is to eliminate it and another proposal is to increase it. So the next time we have our state politicians, I will talk about that. But uh, we're going to go into the uh, the front lines right now and talk to someone who's actually involved in, in the industry and uh, the fact that uh, it's part of the northern Ohio and the Cleveland area where we have people actually working in uh, making films and in this case, TV shows. So with us tonight, we have Greg uh, Napoli. Greg, how are you? Good to be here. Thank you, Nick. And uh, his uh, his wife, Patty, how are you? Hi, how are you? Now, the, the Napolis are involved in uh, filmmaking. Actually, uh, you're, you're producing a sitcom, hopefully. Or not hopefully, you've produced it. Yes, that is correct. Y- yes. Uh, and uh, before we get into the intricacies of what that's all about and how do you do it, uh, if you could tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Uh, No industry experience when it comes to film, production, writing, what have Mm -hmm. you. Um, I'm a medical sales professional by trade. Uh, My wife and I are also very active involved in in youth athletics in the Cleveland area. We run a uh, nonprofit baseball organization called the Northern Ohio Hurricanes, and we've done that now going on 15, 16 years. And um, I don't know, about a decade or so ago, I worked for a large telecom company, and uh, I was part of a whistleblowing SEC hearing where mm-hmm. I did something good. And oh, you actually turned somebody in. I, yes, a very large telecom uh, organization is actually was across the mm-hmm. street. And during that time was the first time that I actually was unemployed, and I was told to do something cathartic to write. So I started to just write. And I started to write some um, sitcoms as well as I had written a few scripts, screenplays that got some really good recognition, but they only got so far. Uh, but during that time, I got a chance to meet some influential individuals, uh, for example. Well, and, well, we made a big jump here. Hold on yes, a second. Yes, yes. Because, I mean, you guys start out as Mr. and Mrs. America, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, leading yeah, reel a, me back in. Nor, yeah, a, a normal life with a normal job and doing normal things. And, uh, you know, making a jump to getting involved in what it takes to put together, um, I'll say, a a sitcom or any kind of production that's going to be sold for money, uh, you you had to learn the whole whole industry, the whole industry from 
you're talking about writing, script writing, casting, financing, selling, all that stuff. Uh, that, that's a huge jump. How did you go from you know, your former job and needing to do something cathartic to picking up all of this stuff you have to learn? Well, the easiest thing to do is, is write mm-hmm. um, something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's easy. What easy. happens once some people might be. <laughs> once that's concluded, yeah. then the complete unknown of what mm-hmm. you do once you have a finished product or a piece of work. Mm-hmm. And it really was trial by error, and uh, there's no right or wrong. Uh, just like in the sales profession, you hear 5,000 no's before you hear a yes. And just never wanting to give up believing in something and realizing that, you know what, I know this is something that's pretty compelling, and we are going to try to find every avenue possible to make make this work. And there is no uh, boilerplate. There's no playbook. It's something that you just kind of navigate on your own, and you try to talk to as many people as possible, and you have a little bit of luck, and mm-hmm. uh, we've over what seven eight years it took us, we finally had a little bit of luck and had met some great people, uh, and along the way, and and that has kind of helped us forge a little bit more of a straighter path into where we are sitting right now. How did you choose uh, to go into the area of uh, the the artisan dramatics, uh, acting, filming, and all of that? I mean, you could have picked something else. You, you could have opened up an ice cream shop or something. <laughs> Uh, do you have family members or other friends who who are into this, or contacts in Hollywood or something? Or what what drew you to decide? You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start writing, and we're going to try to produce something and and sell it because there's so much out there. Yeah, it would have been real easy to open up your typical ice cream stand right. and and enjoy yeah. that. And and we uh, we're married with four children. They're older now, but um, as I had started to write different. Uh, screenplays and scripts and different mm-hmm. things, I had gotten really good feedback from people that were influential, and many of them wanted to take what I had written and run with it on their own. So I believed that I had something unique, and other people that had read it had said, you know, you really have a skill here, and that in and of itself gave me enough ammunition and excitement and passion to, to keep going. And, um, you know, we, we watch things. I think my wife and I watch things a little bit uh, from a different perspective, and, and a lot of what I've written is true, but a lot of it is I'll see something and I have a different, unique take on things, and we're constantly recording and writing things down, and that's really been the antithesis of what we put together with Below Average Joe. Interesting. As you're telling me this, I'm thinking of some of the stories I heard, like Woody Allen, for example. Uh, he has a nightstand next to his bed. And uh, when he comes up with an idea, he'll, he'll write it down on a slip of paper and throw it in a drawer. And he has this drawer full of all these different ideas. And uh, I, I think it was Joan Rivers who had sort of a card catalog with thousands of cards of various jokes and ideas for jokes and stuff like that. So uh, it sounds like you're on the right track with regard to writing down a lot of stuff. That's that's the beginning part of it. And now with technology, with the phone, you can record things and save it. So I'm doing that throughout the day when an idea comes to me, whenever it is. My goodness, did you ever think you were this creative when uh, you're in the rest of the regular world like the rest of us? Well, you know, <laughs> back as a kid, they thought, "What is it? Hyperactive with a lot of energy," uh-huh. which is what I was categorized. So I think I've been creative. I just haven't been able to channel it until I'm now fifty. 
My goodness. Ish. Well, you have a 50 ish. Yes. Yeah. That means you're about 42, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Mentally, I'm half that. Now, your wife, Patty, who's in the studio with us tonight, uh, you guys have been challenged uh, each other to go ahead on this. You're working together on this project. And uh, do you have any background uh, other than starting out from ground zero along with Greg? No, actually. I actually met Susan through the talent group. And mm-hmm. uh, once we started doing Blow, Blow Average Joe, I liked the back, the other side more than being in front of the camera. So I uh, jumped in and used YouTube and read and researched how to direct, how to film, how to edit, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where we started. <laughs> well, and you guys are referencing Sue. I want to mention that our producer, Susan Rhodes Graves, that's your IMDb name, right? <laughs> so uh, is Susan Rhodes Graves and, uh, you know, with the talent group. And, uh, you know, there's there's a whole lot of people here in northern Ohio who are, are into this and are getting training for it and are getting experience for it. Like we said at the top of the hour about the idea of having uh, the the tax credit taken away is it's going to affect a lot of people's employment. Uh, and uh, the idea is that this whole industry can become northern Ohio. Uh, it's Ivan Schwartz. The uh, he's the what, executive director of the Cleveland Film Commission. Uh, wants Cleveland, especially and Ohio generally, to become not just a great place to make films here in uh, the United States, but globally be recognized. And he has this great vision, which is great, because uh, that will make uh, Ohio and Cleveland, especially, the epicenter of all this interesting stuff. Well. Uh, we're going to take a break in a little bit, but we mentioned the term Below Average Joe. That's the title or the name of your project that you've been working on for many years. That uh, is correct. You said seven years. You started like in 2012 or something? Yeah, essentially uh, the, the situation comedy, I've written 68 episodes, and, and really it's been chronicling my family um, mm-hmm. in their natural habitat. And I'm a lawyer. Did you get a release from your family members? Or? Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Or you have that disclaimer saying these are all fictitious and not uh, referencing any real person or something. We we have gotten approval to use their their names mm-hmm. in entirety, with the exception of of one, which you play Grandma Bonnie. So <laughs> Susan Rhodes Graves as She's, Grandma Bonnie, yes. so like Bonnie and Clyde or something. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it sounds like a real exciting thing that you guys are doing and getting a lot of people involved, and uh, we we hope it takes off. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and talk with with Greg and Patty again about uh, Below Average Joe and uh, how we're going to hear about it, what's going on. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips & Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips & Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. 
Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pet Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle, You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Please call The Advocate with your questions or comments at News Talk 1420 WHK at 888-281-1110. That's 888-281-1110. Or locally, 216-901-0945. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. And tonight we're talking about uh, Hollywood in, in Cleveland. Uh, we're talking about, we know about the movies that have been filmed here over the years. But uh, with regard to TV shows, and uh, we have with us in the studio tonight, we have uh, Greg and Patty Napoli, and uh, they're the creators, the executive producers, the producers, the directors, the uh, screenwriters, the, well, everything. Costume grip. Costume grip and everything on it. But uh, again, uh, Greg and Patty, thank you for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, we're talking about uh, Below Average Joe. We, we established so far that it's taken you about seven years to get to this point. You've indicated you've written about 68 episodes. How do you do that? I mean, like, 
when you were in school, did you like get the term papers done like the day after the assignment or something? <laughs> I wish I had this aptitude back then. I yes, this mm-hmm. is I, I've learned this craft uh, much more recent. But uh, below average Joe is a uh, it's a sitcom, and uh, like you said, you you've written sixty eight uh, episodes already. And how long will each episode play? Is it designed for a half hour or an hour? It is your standard um, half hour situation okay. comedy. So at runtime is about twenty two minutes. In fact, your commercials as well. Now the uh, the the plot line is this sort of a serial type uh, series of things, or like a Seinfeld? Each episode stands on its own. It, it each like a Seinfeld. Every uh, episode stands on its own, and it has its own ten poles. It has a uh, a theme that everything is wrapped around and, mm-hmm. and ultimately comes to the conclusion at the end. Excellent, because that means we can jump into it anytime we can <laughs> catch one and uh, probably see them all in syndication. Yes, <laughs> we hope. So after you do that. So, uh, well, when you started uh, writing, you, you're talking about using examples from your family, which is really a, a, a fair thing to do. And uh, you've come up with these, but uh, you always need to have a pilot. And uh, the the very first show, or when we go on to um, Netflix or something, we look for uh, season one, episode one. <laughs> so now, do you have that one completed? We did. We completed our pilot. Uh, we're filming episode mm-hmm. two and three, but our pilot is complete and uh, and edited. Patty has done a great job with editing, sound, and everything in between. So Joe Goes Moonlighting is our pilot episode, and it's based on. Uh, real events that happened, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you—that's a couple things you just can't make up. Some of the things that uh, is is in these episodes. Well, with all the cable out there now, and and all the different cable networks—HBO, uh, Showtime, Netflix, Amazon—and uh, they're all buying brand new uh, series and episodes of, of these series. Uh, how are you doing? Are you, are you talking to any of these people, or how's it working with you? So our goal was. Um, in our discussions is to, to do a season and mm-hmm. a season could be anywhere from two to eight episodes. And we decided to do one season of three episodes so that once it gets uh, momentum and traction, mm-hmm. then we have the ability then to negotiate and look at other options, other venues. Uh, again, being wanting to be staying in based in Cleveland with our cast and crew and not disrupt that amazing synergy mm-hmm. we want to, to do everything here so we believe that once uh, folks see this we will have uh, in a larger mass setting we'll have a lot more traction and a lot more interest not that we don't have interest now and then we can negotiate up epi- seasons two and beyond and expand how many episodes we do during the break we were talking a little bit and you mentioned that uh, you had some interest in los angeles or the west coast to take the show, love the idea, love the episodes, but move it to Los Angeles and, and do the filming there or the taping. But you want to stay here in Cleveland. Yes, you actually mentioned Ivan. Uh, we we have Ivan met, Schwartz. Yeah, yeah, we've met with Ivan Schwartz a few times. Mm-hmm. and He's been on The Advocate. Oh, uh, great. Over the years, uh, so. Great guy, and he's Wonderful. done so much on the film side, but mm-hmm. it's it's primarily the film side. And he's an advocate he is, he, for <laughs> films here in we're Cleveland. We're an advocate of his. But the, the challenge we have... Um, on situation comedies is there isn't really a path like there is on the the film side. So he had even said in order to really get momentum, you you may want to, you know, look into Los Angeles and 
New York and try to get picked up by some of the major networks. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had meetings and discussions with some large networks, and we just I just didn't want to go down that route because then we lose uh, the local feel and we lose the cast and crew that really have become like a second family, Susan being one of them. And we have such great local actors that uh, – and it's become a labor of love and you know it's not economics for us to have this be successful we mm-hmm. believe in the the people that are around us and it'd be easy to just cut our ties and go out to california and have this picked up but uh, we just don't want to take that route because of people like susan sitting in front of me right now we just believe in them mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. as we do the project well uh, as uh, we also are hinting at during the break is that uh, having a show that's successful here in Cleveland, really helps everybody in the city of Cleveland, uh, especially if you can make it a humorous thing. We remember the Drew Carey show when it was here in Cleveland and the uh, theme song, Cleveland Rocks. And uh, it made Cleveland look like a cool place. And uh, it, it is. We have so much to offer, especially in the summertime. That's when I like it best. Uh, but to have Cleveland become something that everyone in the country is aware of. Well, we had the Republican convention two years ago. We had the uh, Cavaliers win the NBA championship, and uh, hopefully the Indians are going to win the World Series this year. And then, of course, the Browns have a good shot at doing something great this year. So Cleveland isn't uh, too hard of a sell, but it would really, with a show like yours, give people an idea of what it's like to be in Cleveland. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see what the the show is. But um, when you do the pilot, uh, that that took uh, I, I'm assuming you had to do all the stuff regular shows had to do. You had to do an initial script. You had to do a rewrite. You had a lot of rewrites. Then you had to do it, and you had to do things over. And it's painstakingly slow, I, I think. <laughs> have you found a way to make it quick? We have gotten better mm-hmm. as uh, we have you know, learned the craft, but initially it was a, an exhaustive process. Um, we had used uh, Friends, Loggerhead, as a great restaurant down in Medina, we know the owner's mm-hmm. son played baseball for us. They let us use their uh, their establishment. Chuck Lewis, who's a dear friend of mine, uh, lives in Strongsville. I coached his sons in baseball. He gave us uh, his house to use to film. So we have so many different people that have helped us um, so that we can use different places to film. And then using individuals that want to get in the industry to help us. But it yeah, getting the crew together because they all have full-time jobs now and navigating all of their schedules is, uh, you know, like getting out of O'Hare on a Friday afternoon Good on luck. time. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's your next step now? How do you take your package? And, uh, and I'm thinking, and you can correct me or add to it, that once you have the um, you have the pilot done and you have the other episodes ready to go, what's your next step? Do you, do you sell it to a network or do you somehow run it on your own somewhere or do you, what, what do you do next? Yeah. So we, we, um, once we finished our third episode, which mm-hmm. we're filming episodes two and three now, mm-hmm. we have a, uh, we've partnered with breakthrough TV, which is a internet, uh, forum for mm-hmm. folks like us to get exposure and momentum. And that is that conduit to the Hulu's and some of the larger streaming services that we believe will be the next step. We think that television, uh, there is a lot of different avenues aside from your regular local TV uh, as well as the, you know, the TBSs and the FXXs. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. a lot of different channels and avenues, and those are, the I think, the best opportunities for us based on the content and 
more importantly, the control of staying again in Cleveland and not having to, you know, go to the Chicago's, the Atlanta's, the New York's and L.A. to be able to, to, to manage that here. Now, with regard to your show, we're here on uh, actually the public airways here controlled by the FCC and all of that. Uh, is your show uh, restricted to like we are here tonight with regard to FCC regulations on what you can say and what topics you can t- uh, discuss? Uh, or is your show like R-rated that you can go on cable and pretty much do what you want? You know, it, 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 I would say it, it's the the office meets married with children with a hint of sunny in Philadelphia. So it's it's pushing the boundaries, but mm-hmm. it's not um, to that obscene. Oh, you know, not good. using yeah. those the yeah. you know the language. Uh, but there are some um, more mature content that mm-hmm. I think would would still be uh, relative to the CBS as the local airwaves. But okay, we do, but more cableish, more cableish, more cable-ish. Yeah. a little more. Nothing after little... hours on HBO, of course. No, none of that. But yeah, okay, but more edgier, a little edgier, yes, edgier. But uh, well, in any event, uh, boys, just great having you in here. We it was our to, pleasure. We want to keep uh, up with you guys, and uh, you know, hear when you sell it, and do we want to watch the Emmys and. Uh, all of that stuff. And you, you promised a cameo on break. So. I'll be happy to <laughs> star as myself. Yes. That'd be really cool. So anyway, well, thank you so much. The uh, TV show is Below Average Joe, and we'll be watching for that right here in Cleveland. Watch it nationally. And I'd like to uh, thank Greg and, and Patty Napoli for coming in tonight. Our pleasure. Thank you. We're going to take a short break, and when we're back, we're going to be talking to Leslie Landis about climate change. So don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. I'm Pat Lamb. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended, as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 shades of green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at select 
www.insservice.com. 440-237-8555 or select insservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next two segments, we're going to be talking to an author of a novel that has some environmental issues raised in it and uh, help us maybe visualize more what's going on with our climate uh, climate change here. Uh, with us tonight is Leslie Landis. Leslie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And uh, where are you calling from? I love this question. Go ahead. I, I know your answer. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I am calling you from Maui uh, in Hawaii. Beautiful, beautiful state. And, of course, the weather is the big big feature there. But uh, well, oh, yes. well enjoy, enjoy your visit in Maui. Um, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you an author? Are you a scientist? Uh, what What is your background to get you into climate discussions? Well, um, I, I have written another book, but that was a completely different kind of book, and that was several years ago. And I am a psychologist, and uh, uh, that's sort of... I've always wanted to write a novel, because my first book was not a novel, and... Uh, I had this idea. I feel that my background in psychology sort of informs my uh, my insight into people and their motivations and how they think and so forth. So, and I had this idea about a superhero who fights real world problems because I feel a superhero is, is an expression of our our best desires to solve our worst nightmares. So for a lot of people, <laughs> one of our worst nightmares is climate change. And uh, I said, why not have a superhero who actually fights something real that we're all, you know, that most of us or many of us are very concerned about. So that's how I came to write my book, Chandel, A Natural Hero. Now, in, in doing that, uh, did you do any special research concerning climate change uh, to, to get oh, some yes. background on what, what kind of research did you do? Well, um, you know, I researched a lot of the problems that we all are have heard of, but I, I went a little more in depth then to just to understand them better, and um, you know what's what's go 
going on. You know, for instance, there's one of the parts of the book. Uh, my hero, Chandel, uh, actually has powers that are derived from nature. For instance, uh, Chandel can speak to and hear plants and trees uh, talk. And so, um, you know, one of the things that Chandel does is save trees. So I really researched that, and, and one of the major fights happens in the Peruvian rainforest in a natural, in a, uh, actually a natural, I want to say natural, I mean national park in Peru. And um, so I, I did a lot of research about what the, uh, what's happening in that particular uh, national park. You know, what's, uh, there is illegal logging and, you know, illegal hunting and things like that. So that's the kind of research I had to do. In looking at uh, how Americans uh, act concerning climate change, I, there's debate constantly about climate change. Uh, and I, I don't think there can be any debate about the fact that the climate is changing. The scientific evidence is absolutely clear that it is changing. And the, the rates are measurable that the rates are increasing. Um, yet, uh, with regard to everyone arguing about it, the question is, what role does man play in climate change? I think the, the two schools are on the one hand, climate is changing just through the natural evolution of the Earth, and, and the Earth's climate is always changing, versus uh, the input that uh, human beings have made on an accelerating change. Um, pretty much, uh, where, where do you stand on that? And from what you've been checking out and how you're writing this, what, what's your take on it? Does, does man play a role and can we change things? I guess that's the ultimate question. Right. Well, I definitely believe we play a role. And I think it's, it's really pretty obvious. Uh, it's true that at times the earth has warmed, but never so quickly. And since we can actually measure the uh, carbon in the in the atmosphere and we can see it increasing dramatically every year and we are burning fossil fuels which put this in the atmosphere that seems to be a direct correlation and then there's other things you know for instance there's a lot going on right now a lot of articles and and you know artic uh, things in the newspapers and so forth about about plastic and how it's going into our oceans I mean hello, that's really people using plastic and disposing of mm -hmm, it, particularly single-use plastic. I mean, that is so clearly a human-caused problem. Well, you're out there in Hawaii right now and uh, out in the Pacific. Uh, there, there are reports of almost like floating masses of plastic uh, that, that take up many, many square miles of, of ocean surface that this stuff is just out yeah. there. Um, in yes. in your uh, sometimes you write novels and people write novels and they, they tell a story they're almost like parables that you can learn something from that uh, with uh -huh. like you're saying real world issues uh, what do you hope people will learn concerning uh, what can we do to what appears to be an unstoppable direction of, of changing climate well I do, I do believe we can do something, but it, it's now. It's not, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now. It's, it's things that we have to do now. 
you know, I came across an African saying that is little by little, a little becomes a lot. So if we, you know, that obviously means that if we all do our part, if we all do something, or at least a lot of us, uh, we can make a difference. And uh, I think most people are aware of that. You know, you can just look at the the issue again of plastic. Uh, If we stop using plastic straws, uh, plastic silverware, you know, plastic cups, uh, plastic bottles for water, if we, you know, stop using those things, uh, we're really gonna cut down dramatically on, on the plastic that's going into our landfills and, and also eventually going into the ocean, too. Did, did you ever see there was a, uh, a video clip of a sea turtle with a straw stuck in it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who, has seen, anyone who has seen that, you know, becomes disgusted about the whole thing. Yes. But, but things going on like that in the environment. Oh, totally. And, you know, there's... There's a big thing right now that people are wearing clothes that are basically made out of plastic. It sounds good, but those plastic fibers uh, get from the washing machine, they go into the ocean. And then, uh, you know, animals are eating that plastic, and then we're eating that is fish, Mm -hmm. and we're eating the fish. (laughs) So, hello, (laughs) again, another hello here. You know, this is, uh, we're all a part of a chain of the whole natural environment here. Well, what what are some of the things that uh, you're, you're recommending here that uh, would be simple, environmentally friendly things that anyone can do daily to help uh, combat climate change? Like I mentioned, it's so hopeless. I mean, it's a big world. As you know, when you flew over to Hawaii, you know, there's a lot of ocean, <laughs> a lot of um, land. And fortunately. Fortunately, from 30,000 feet up, you can't see the plastic in the ocean, well, even though you know it's there. Um, <laughs> well, you know, as I mentioned, we can use reusable water bottles. That's something everyone can do. And they do sell uh, uh, biodegradable plastic. Not, I don't want to say plastic. Biodegradable uh, throwaway utensils mm-hmm. made out of things such as bamboo out of potatoes, things like that. Um, We can stop using plastic wrap. You know, there's something called bees wrap uh, that that we can all use. What is bees wrap? Well, it's something, it's, uh, it's, (laughs) What's it made out of? I can't actually tell you what it's made out of. I've used it and it works very well. Um, it's, It's the kind of wrap that we used to all use many, many years ago. It's like Not everybody. W- like wax, wax paper, we used to call it? Exactly, exactly. You've, you've got a better description than I have. And, I'm older. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, but... Uh, when we had our sandwiches wrapped in wax paper and took them to school and what we used to call a brown tag lunch. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, th- things are much simple. But uh, anyway, we're, yeah. talk- we're talking to Leslie Landis. Uh, she, she wrote a book. It's a fantasy novel with a superhero that's engaged in protecting the climate. Uh, sort of a real-world uh, problem that we have that uh, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to be facing and uh, see if we can do something about it. We're going to come back with Leslie in a few moments. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right after these words to talk about our changing climate and what we can do about it. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back.
Don't go away. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. Welcome back, Cleveland Phillips, with you with our final segment of the Advocate for tonight, and we're talking about climate change uh, that affects the great big world here and what we little individual people can do about it. And to uh, talk with us about it tonight is author Leslie Landis. So, Leslie, again, thank you for calling us from Hawaii. Well, again, thank you for having me. You know, right now Hawaii is sort of the heart of uh, the epicenter of of being able to look out at the oceans and find out uh, what kind of pollution is going on out there. And, and during the last segment, we were talking about the book that you have where you 
are incorporating sort of a learning lesson with a, an, an entertaining story about a superhero who can do something about the um, the climate. But what exactly does the superhero do, and can we ever invent someone who could really do this that he does? Well, um, I don't know that we can invent somebody, but we can all be a superhero. And, uh, you know, we can all make a difference. And, you know, I hope that people take that away from the book. While the book is a fun and exciting, it even has some love interest in it. Wow. Um, I, I feel that uh, this, I mean, <laughs> you know, people feel there are people who who are tuned in more than I, and they feel like they can actually hear t the trees and the plants talk. And But, um, you know, I certainly, I can on an emotional level, but not on, in a reality sense. And Chendel, um, my, my superhero, also can control insects and eventually other natural creatures to help in this fight. And Chendel fights uh, environmental wrongs one battle at a time and unfortunately I mean there is there I am already working on book two I was gonna say unfortunately Chendel will never run out of battles it hmm. <laughs> seems they're rather endless out there well well you know that uh, superhero movies are like really big uh, <laughs> making billions True. of dollars uh, have you cut a book deal yet uh, to do a movie well, I do have some people who are interested, and, but we'll see where it goes. You know, Hollywood is a very strange place. <laughs> well, it's a lot of work. If a anyone's lot of, wondering, I'm, I'll let yeah. you know right now. <laughs> well, I'll, if you do it, consider Cleveland. We've filmed a number of films here, so it's a, it's, it's a very I'll tax, definitely put in that word. <laughs> Please, yeah, we, could, we have the beautiful Lake Erie that constantly needs to be uh, looked after and, and watched. But, uh, yeah, it seems like the big thing with climate is the atmosphere and atmospheric things. Uh, and, uh, and, and with that, do you think that um, what segment of, of our, our society do you think is most environmentally astute right now? We have the, the baby boomers or we have the uh, Gen Xers or we have the millennials. Uh, where, where are we going to get the most help, do you think? Well... I'm, I'm incredibly impressed and incredibly hopeful about young people, mainly high schoolers and, and younger, and, and going into college-age students. You know, there's a, a big movement on uh, these Friday uh, strikes by students who are skipping school, and this is happening all over the world. Why are, they, why are they skipping school? Well, they're marching to protest and to uh, increase awareness, and they're hoping to put pressure on legislators to make changes. Uh, you know, they they feel it's their future that's truly at stake here, and um, you know, they they want to see uh, the governments move from fossil fuels to a renewable fuels to stop you know the global warming. Mm -hmm. to the climate change and I mean these people are these young people are really tuned in I mean amazingly tuned in and um, they say it's our future it's our future that's at stake here and uh, well, well it certainly is you know, well with, with regard to yeah. young people taking off uh, school every Friday to protest mm -hmm. 
I, I wish they would stay in school, get their education, and use their off time to protest. Because um, we, we, need, we need these young people to be educated and smart uh, and not not give up on that. But but it's good to see you know that there's somebody out there with some public interest to go out and, and do some things for the public good, which I, I think is all going to benefit all of us. Uh, yeah. So. I, I know I, I agree with you, Nick, and I see your point, but... On the other hand, you know, unless things, unless people make extreme um, actions, take extreme mm-hmm. actions, which I, you know, you could consider skipping school on a Friday extreme or not, it doesn't seem to get anyone's attention. Well, I suppose if it's occasional, but if it's every Friday, uh, that that would be a problem for me, anyway. Yeah, but, uh, I don't think it's every Friday anymore. Okay. I think it started out as that, but I don't think it's every Friday now. Do, do you think enough people in general uh, take climate change or global warming seriously enough, or is this something that you think people are just uh, put thinking that, uh, well, it's not really a problem? Well, I'm sure there are, is a significant number of people who do feel that it's, you know, it's not a problem. I feel that there's probably a larger number of people who feel that they can't do anything about it. That, you know, that, uh, oh, well, it's bigger than me, and I'm just, you know, it's the same people who feel like, why should I vote? I can't make a difference. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, the, the legislators only respond to the people who vote mm-hmm. and the people who, who contact them and say, I'm, this is important to me, I want this done, or you're not going to be getting yeah, my vote. Yeah. Well, well, with regard to cleaning up the atmosphere, again, I think the atmosphere is the big thing. Uh, and you're from Los Angeles, where you, you live normally. Uh, yes. What has the atmosphere been doing there? I mean, we always had the Los Angeles smog for d- many decades. Uh, and there's been air, the California airports are some of the toughest in the country. Have you noticed uh, any changing or improvement going on in, in the Los Angeles basin? Well, um, I moved to Los Angeles about 30 years ago, and the air has gotten significantly better. Oh, good. I'm glad you answered it that way. Good. (laughs) (laughs) However, in the last year, they've said for some reason there's more particle pollution in the air, and they're trying to, they're doing, you know, they're very concerned, and they're doing a lot of testing and whatever to find out why and where it's coming yeah, from. Yeah, where does it come from? Any suggestions or hints? Um, no, I'm not really an expert in that. Um, you know, yeah, I'm wondering if you read some factories. Cause I, yeah, that's a, I, I California pollution, I just picture... A close-up shot with a, a camera of an exhaust pipe of a car, and <laughs> that's where I think all the. So uh, where else does it come from? But like you say, if there's manufacturing and uh, other things, <laughs> and I don't think of California uh, like that. Uh, no, <laughs> well, this is this is basically Los Angeles. This is uh, not all of California, mm-hmm. and I have to give us some credit here. California leads the country in the number of electric cars. Uh, that are being sold and are on the road. Um, still have a ways to go, but we're we're moving up. <laughs> How, um, sort of a little off the topic a bit, but still dealing with air pollution. Uh, every summer, we we see all of these wildfires going on in California. Uh, right. How does how does this year look so far? Have there been any uh, 
plans to somehow get at the fire sooner or contain the fires or to restrict the areas? Or, uh, you guys seem to be at the mercy of the weather and lightning and, and things like that. Well, aren't we all at the mercy of the weather? I mean, But here in Ohio, we don't have those things. So. <laughs> no, but you have other things. You, you know, you have other big storms and things like that that can affect you. Yeah, we have more tornadoes uh, here than you get in Los Angeles, I'm sure. <laughs> right. And, I've, and it seems to me, maybe it's just, you know, reading the headlines or reading stories, but it seems to me that, that uh, I'm originally from the Midwest, originally from Illinois, wow. and uh, so it seems to me that there's a lot more tornadoes than there used to be, a lot more flooding, a lot more everything. I, I think you're <laughs> right. Over. I think you're right. And that may be and because I, of I, the climate change contributing to that well that's what i yeah that's what i think it is i think it is yeah. uh, it is the effect of climate change even in hawaii the weather is different well we were there a couple of weeks ago and uh we certainly appreciated the warmer weather so not <laughs> yeah. much of an issue but but we've been talking with leslie landis uh, she's the author of a of a book called chandel a natural warrior and it's uh, taking the superhero genre and applying it to uh, something useful, like uh, doing something about the climate. So, um, and how's the book selling? It's selling pretty well. I, I think, you know, uh, if it was just about the environment, I can't say that it would be. But the fact that it is a superhero it's and that it is a fun, yeah. a fun story with the, you know, excitement in it. I think it's selling very well. Well, I'm very, happy to very say. good, very good. Well, the force be with you toward improved climate. Thank you, Leslie, for joining <laughs> us tonight. Thank you. May I just say, add one little thing. Go ahead. Um, I just want to say that the book is coming out as an audio book, and we have Alicia Silverstone and Adrian Grenier are the narrators of it. And that is so so great to me because both of them are have been natural warriors for a long time. They're very into the you know environmental movement and trying to make a change. Well, well, very good. But we're out of time. So Leslie, thank you again, and uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset. Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com